Hi, this is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage, Insights into Personal Wholeness for Spirit, Soul, and Body. I'm a psychologist in private practice. I treat adults. However, this is not a substitute for medication or counseling. If you're having thoughts of harming yourself or harming another person, or if this material triggers you, please contact your doctor or a mental health specialist to assist you with your concerns. Today, I'm going to start a series on suffering, and I'm going to answer two questions today. The first one is, does God send suffering? And the second is, is God pleased by suffering? Let me tell you, the answer to the first question is no. If you're worried that God has sent suffering into your life, the fact that you're concerned about it is an indicator that the answer is no. This first part of the podcast, I'm going to explain that. First of all, one reason why I say no is because it's contrary to the nature of God. The first three podcasts I did look at and describe the relational nature of God, that Jesus is love and truth. He's mercy and truth, compassion. It says in James chapter 1 that every good and perfect gift comes from God. It says in Isaiah 43:25 in the Passion Translation, I'm the one who completely erases your sin, never to be seen again. I will not remember them again. It seems as though God is even more eager to forgive our sins and put it behind us. Maybe even more eager and willing and ready than we are to forget about the things we've done wrong. It says that he can make our sins as white as snow, even though they start off as scarlet. So he wants to forgive and move on. And so I guess we're allowed to do the same thing with ourselves. The second reason that I would say that God does not send suffering is because Jesus paid for our suffering. The whole reason he came to earth was to pay the penalty for our sin that someone had to pay the penalty for sin. And the Old Testament teaches that blood sacrifice pays for sin. And so Jesus came to earth from heaven and took on the form of a human being to be the sacrifice, the, the innocent sacrifice for our guilt. And so if Jesus paid for this, then what would be the point of us paying for it? So if you've yielded yourself to Jesus and you repent, you say you're sorry when you do things that are wrong and you're trying to follow him, then your sin is covered and it's paid for. Even if you deserve suffering, Jesus took that for you. I tell my clients, if you go to Target or maybe you go to Walmart or Macy's or some some place, how many times do you go through the checkout line? to pay. Well, I only go through once. I go through, I pay, and I go home. So when we want to pay for our own sin, and Jesus already went through the checkout line and paid for our sin, why would we go through over and over when it's already paid for? So Jesus took care of that for us. So there's no point in God sending suffering to us. Jesus took it for us. So we that's supposed to increase our love and our gratitude towards God that it's paid for. So uh, the second question 
is, is God pleased by suffering? This comes up as I talk to people, and so I want to spend a little bit of time on that. I was raised to believe that if you wanted to prove your love for God, then you could do something that was some kind of suffering, and that would prove to God that you loved him. I believed that for many years, but the Bible doesn't really teach that, and let me give you some ideas about why that really isn't an accurate view of God. If your child or your partner came to you and said, I want to prove to you how much I love you. Let's use the example of Vincent Van Gogh. Uh, The story goes that he cut off his ear and sent it to someone to prove his love. Okay, so that was pretty horrifying. And it it didn't, if that was your idea of what you have to do to be loved, that is a, a very distorted view of love. So God already loves us. He already provided the the way to him through Jesus Christ. We don't need to prove our love for him. And it says in uh, 1 Samuel 15:22 that obedience is better than sacrifice. Jesus voluntarily sacrificed to pay for our sin. There was a purpose for it. It bought us out of hell. It bought us our forgiveness. But there's no purpose served when we voluntarily sacrifice to prove our love for God. It's contrary to the way human beings think. A lot of people think you have to earn love. We don't have to earn God's love. It it sounds too good to be true. But Jesus did all the work. So that's what grace is. Now, I want to comment about prayer and fasting because Prayer and fasting is not to please God. It's a, it's a battle strategy that we use when we want to see spiritual strongholds moved. So that kind of goes with my last podcast on power to pray. So I want to make a distinction. There are times to discipline ourselves, maybe to fast or pray. Check with your doctor first. But it's not to please God. It's to make spiritual inroads to clear the way for blessings to come from heaven to earth. That's a whole nother topic. But um, to clarify, it does not please God if we do extra suffering to earn his love. So I want to make some comments here about consequences versus punishment. Again, if you're concerned whether or not God has sent punishment, it probably means that it isn't from God. That there's just, we live in a broken world, things happen that are tragic, but that doesn't mean God sent them. He designed us, originally it says in the book of Genesis, to enjoy his companionship. When sin was entered into the world, as it's described in Genesis 3, it upset God's plan A for mankind. And so he had to switch to plan B, although he was already prepared for plan B. Jesus came to make the payment for our sin to reconcile us to God so that we had a way to enjoy God's communion again. But there are consequences that occur, just naturally occur from bad decisions. If you don't go to work, there will be a consequence. You will probably get fired or your pay will be docked or you won't get uh, a promotion. If you don't do your homework, you probably won't pass or you you might just barely pass. If you don't 
keep your curfew, you'll probably get grounded. There are natural consequences that we bring on ourselves when we make bad decisions. So in my opinion, most of the suffering that comes in life can come from our own bad decisions, the natural consequences, or it can come from living in a broken world and other people's sin and uh, bad decisions that we end up paying for. For example, if um, someone under the influence of drugs or alcohol hits you when you're driving or when you're stopped at a stoplight, you didn't do anything wrong, but there's still consequences for someone else's choices that you're going to have to live with. So I want to make some distinctions between punishment and consequences. Punishment, in my opinion, the way I I explain this to myself is punishment is a penalty. For example, if you drive without a license, you might serve jail time. Or um, if you park where you're not supposed to park, there'll be a punishment. You'll get some kind of a fine. It's a deliberate defiance leads to punishment. And in the Bible, there are instances where we would say God did finally punish. He implemented justice. In those situations, if you look at uh, Pharaoh in the book of Exodus, if you look at Ahab and Jezebel in the Old Testament, God warned people over and over if what they were doing was wrong, if they were in defiance of him. They weren't in ignorance. They were in defiance. And even so, God gave them warnings and opportunities to straighten things out. And after a certain amount of time, only God knows what his timetable is. Then you've run out of time, and then there will be a punishment. So my understanding is that if you're trying to do what's right, if you confess what you've done to God that was wrong, And if you're trying to straighten things out, then there might be some consequences, natural consequences, but it's not punishment. Most of the people I talk to are really wrestling with sins committed against them. It's not anything they deserve. It's usually not a consequence of any decisions they've made. It's what happens when you try to have relationship or try to function in a broken culture. Now, one other area I want to talk about, I'm going to call patterns of suffering. And I'm not making any judgments here. I'm just describing a situation. So most people are familiar with the Kennedy family. And the Kennedy family is um, very well known. There's lots of documentaries and movies. And there are some fantastic amazing things that the Kennedys have done and, in my opinion, are still doing. And then there's some horrible things that the Kennedys have been associated with. And some people have called this the Kennedy curse. Now, I'm not going to pretend to know what is bad choices, what is deliberate rebellion, what is bad luck, what's the result of role models or biological tendencies, or what's spiritual factors. But you can observe that there are just an unusually high amount of bad things that have happened in this family. 
So I make this comment in case you have ever noticed that there's certain things that seem to run in your family, certain problems that tend to run in your family, or certain problems that tend to repeat in your life. I don't have a magic formula or any special discernment as to what's spiritual, what's bad choices, what is role modeling. But regardless of the reason, there are things that we can pray to change a cycle and to allow God to intervene in any patterns that we observe in ourselves or in our families. And of course, I have a a prayer that I've written. This comes out of my book, Correcting Distortions in Your View of God, from page 49. So if you'd like, I'm going to read this kind of slowly. And um, you can ask the Lord to bring to mind if there's anything you want to add or include as I pray this over you. I call this the prayer to break destructive family patterns. Lord, you created family and intended family to be a source of joy and safety. Through the generations, your plan has been corrupted and families pass down bad things as well as the good you intended. I pray this prayer, Lord, to cleanse anything I have done or inherited through my family line. I want my children, my grandchildren, and myself to be free from destructive patterns. I repent on behalf of my family line on both sides. As far back as you can see, Lord, I repent for breaking commandments where we didn't put you first. Use your name as a curse. Worshipped false gods. Failed to honor you on the Sabbath. Rebelled against parents. Caused violence. Lied stole, or committed sexual sin. I repent for myself and on behalf of my family for secret sins, secret vows, or occult practices that you call an abomination in your word. I renounce those practices, sins, and the addictions in my life and in my family line. I ask for you to apply the shed blood of Jesus according to Exodus 12 and Isaiah 53, to cover those sins. I thank you for dying on the cross voluntarily so that we have your resurrection power to break these patterns that have passed from generation to generation. I worship you as the only true God. I ask you to continue to draw each of us closer to you, Lord Jesus. I ask you to fill our eyes with your light, according to Ephesians 1.18, and draw each of us to your path of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are releasing the blessings that you originally designed for my family. Amen. So I just want to clarify that Um, the example we have in the Bible is that we can repent for groups that we're part of. It doesn't change that other person's relationship with God, but it can clear the way for blessings. Each person has to answer to God for themselves. We can't do it for someone else. So the answer to the 
original questions, does God send suffering and is God pleased by suffering? I would say the answer is no to both of those questions. And again, if you're concerned about it, then certainly you're not being punished, although you might be going through some kind of suffering. And maybe it's suffering you don't deserve. But even if you're going through something that is a consequence of a bad decision, there's still mercy and grace. And I'm probably going to get into that more the next podcast. But if you're struggling, reach out and get some support. There's online groups, there's Facebook groups, there's 12-step groups, church groups. You can talk to your doctor. You can seek out some counseling. God did design us to need other people. So don't struggle all by yourself. I want to mention some resources. I'm offering a free digital book called Suffering Insights into Faith. If you send me a message on my website, I can send you a digital copy to your email. There's a couple of videos that correspond with the uh, podcast today. How to Ask God for Forgiveness, Supernatural Recovery, A Prayer for Mending, Blessings for Wholeness, and I also have a video called Life Without Baggage. But all of those you can find on my YouTube channel, Dr. Tony Cooper. You can find my books on Amazon. If this helped you, share it with a friend. And let me close sharing a blessing for you from Isaiah 11:2. May the Spirit of the Lord rest upon you, His Spirit of extraordinary wisdom, His Spirit of perfect understanding, His Spirit of wise strategy, of mighty power, of revelation, and the reverential awe of the Lord. This is Dr. Tony Cooper, and this is Life Without Baggage. Thanks for listening.